goes up, chair goes down. Chair goes up, chair goes down. Chair goes up. Ah, number six, my dear chap. Yes, please, do come in. Uh, can I offer you some breakfast? My little friend here can sort you out anything you'd like. I forgot the amenities. This is not a social call. Oh, oh really? Well, uh, what can I do for you today? You telephoned. You said you wanted to see me urgently. Did I? Well, that's news to me. It's your voice. He said he was number two. Oh, hold on. Let's, uh, let's just check the folder here. Six, six... Uh, no, we've got you in tomorrow morning being pumped full of drugs, and then we're hooking you up to a special machine in the afternoon. Oh, I'm sorry, no, that was last week. Oh, silly me. I'm still settling in here, you know, bound to be the odd mistake. Uh, six. No, we don't seem to have anything for you here today. Well, I guess you can go. Uh, sorry for wasting your time. Don't mention it, Dad. Oh, uh, number six, before you go, there is just one little matter you could clear up for me. It's a teeny tiny thing. What did the randomizer printout give you? I've nothing to say. Oh, come along now, number six. There's no need to be like that. I mean, you told me why you resigned, didn't you? Will I? Oh, you will, my dear chap. So it would save time for everybody if you just told me what the randomizer gave you, then we can get on and watch it. Are you running out of time? You do still have the printout. Of course. Naturally. Well, now the only way I can find out what you got is to pick up all these pieces of paper and tape them back together. You see, that really is very childish of you, number six. Do you think so? Oh, come on, number six. We're both reasonable men. I certainly don't want to be your enemy. Don't you? Your predecessors did. Look, couldn't you just give me one teeny tiny hint? I want to do better than that. Oh, really? I want to call a witness. A witness? Yes. Not a hint? No. But, uh, oh, hello. I don't want a hint. I want you. Ah, of course! Yes, Peter Bowles, who was in two Jerry Anderson episodes. But you've only now discovered that. I'm afraid you're a little late. Yes, uh, a Space 1999, which we've already done, and a... Well, I'm sure our listeners won't mind skipping the randomizer just this once. I mean, it doesn't really matter, does it? It does to them. We mustn't disappoint them. Otherwise, what, they're going to shoot me or something? They're not going to shoot you. They're going to blow you up. So anyway, it's the protectors today with Triple Cross. But, hey, maybe it'll be a good one. I'm anxious to find out. I think I might resign. You're wasting your time. Many have tried. So, welcome back to The Protectors. Uh, first season of The Protectors. And uh, to the only episode of The Protectors, um, I believe, that has ever been broadcast on the BBC. This was shown in 1994 on, on BBC One as part of a, a sort of tribute to Lou Grade. They had a few... They had, like, a week of... Uh, ITC shows at night. They had an episode of The Saint, an episode of this, episode of The Persuaders, and an episode of Space 1999. And in fact, I have the trailer for that repeat run to show you right now. Roger Moore is The Saint. Robert Vaughan is The Protector. Tony Curtis is the Persuader. And Martin Landau is the face of space, 1999. A week of classic ITC action drama starts with The Saint, Monday, 10.30 on BBC One. Uh, if you're interested, the episode of Space 1999 was War Games anyway. Waffled over Harry Rule arriving at a petrol station and a couple of uh, ladies have been dropped off. Hitchhiking ladies by the look of it. Car wash, sir. No, uh, just to fill up the tires. They caught Harry's attention. 2628. 
Some very 70s dressed young ladies here. Could you possibly give us a lift? I'm going to Bangkok. Uh -huh. Oh. Well, could you drop us in London on the way? Why not? Are you here for business or pleasure? Well, a little bit of both. How about you? Me? Strictly for business, Mr. Rule. Uh oh. Got a gun. Drive. This is the trouble of picking up ladies at uh, petrol stations. Meanwhile, over at Harry's place, the Contessa and Paul are just there with Suki. For you, madame. Thank you, Contessa de Contini. St. Mary's Hospital, yes, I'll hold on. Oh. It's the casualty department of St. Mary's Hospital. Uh, of course, I'll come straight away. Was it Harry? An accident? No, it was the casualty department at St. Mary's Hospital. Harry is dead. Oh, dear. So back from the opening titles on that bombshell that Harry is dead, he's really dead, which is why we then go to the the uh, protectors opening titles and see Robert Vaughan. Um, yes, but no, Harry is dead, absolutely and totally, very dead. Uh, anyway, we're now back with not dead Harry, as he's been taken off to a, a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Special delivery. Pay off your friend, darling. Drop her off on the motorway. Maybe she can hit your ride back to London. A sleazy chap in a grey suit and grey tie. Very much a villain-looking sort of fellow. Harry's been unblindfolded. Tell me what this is all about. One thing I can tell you, mate. You're going to be among friends. Oh. So, leading him down into the basement, and... Oh, the Contessa and uh, Paul are already there, manacled to the wall. Harry! You too. How did it happen? Fake accident report. We walked straight into it. Correction, we ran straight into it. You should be flattered, Harry Rule. Okay, okay. This is no time for an inquest. Later, maybe. Right now, I want to show you this little gadget. Ooh. Oh, it's one of those um, bomb things. Now pay attention. So I'm only going to explain it once. Listen very carefully. I shall say this only once. That is stuff. It's dynamite. Oh. And this thing with the wires. It's a little spring-loaded detonator, all set to go off in exactly eight hours. Harry's got a really serious look on his face. He's following this. Ah, so this is a bomb. One of those bomb things I've heard about. Do you hear that? Ah. Beep, beep. Yep. Now, if you get clever, all I've got to do is turn off the transmitter and bang. No bother. <laughs> so our friend has got a remote control device for the bomb. It won't do nothing right now if I switch it off. But you can bet your lot it will once she's loaded, Mr. Rule. This all looks very complicated. For something so simple. Don't worry, Harry. <laughs> Don't worry. He ain't the one who's going to need it. I wouldn't jump up and down on that thing if I were you, mate. Well, while you're in an expensive and explaining mood, would you mind telling us what this is all about? Why not? Have you got this little uh, get-together lined up for this afternoon? Is that so? That is so, Mr. Rule. With a certain Mr. Koufax, a fancy social register ship owner. And I'll be coming along with you. You'd do anything to get into high society, wouldn't you? <laughs> you got it, darling. So, yes, this um, naughty chap is uh, he's going to take Paul's place, um, pretend to be one of the protectors. Don't forget my little switch on the transmitter. 
All I gotta do is flick and bang. <laughs> do you wanna try it? Not at the moment. Here's a radio for you. Just to remind you of your friend Paul Boucher. Who's been left manacled in the uh, the farm basement. Okay. You designed the security system on Koufax's pad. I did? Oh my goodness. You watch by closed circuit TV. I'll have to flick the lights at six second intervals. Great. Now this chap, John Neville, um, is one of these these uh, many, many times I say, is this the only time that such and such, but I'm, I'm going to go for it this time. This um, John Neville person, is he the only actor who has appeared in an Anderson show who has worked with the one and only Mr. Stephen Hawking? Because many years later... Don't forget the beat to beat. He later turned up on Star Trek The Next Generation playing... Isaac Newton in um, the the opening scene of the episode Descent, where um, Data was playing poker opposite Newton, Einstein, and Stephen Hawking, played by the real life Stephen Hawking. So I'm wondering if this is the only the only Anderson uh, actor to have um, have that uh, experience of working with Stephen Hawking. Of course, now this will finish and we'll cut back and uh, Richard will say, oh yeah, I worked with him on this uh, this CBBC thing back in uh, 2001. Oh, who am I kidding? It's a protector's randomizer. Nobody's going to listen to this. Oh, but here's Peter Bowles. Contini? I'm honoured, Contessa. The classiness factor has just leapt considerably. And my associate, Paul Boucher. Oh. Well, I assume you have no secrets from Mr. Boucher. It seems that way. Good. So now I can tell the first of his uh, two appearances on uh, in Anderson shows, he was also Balor in Space 1999. The gems, you know, were first stolen by the Crusaders as they made their way to more holy pastures. Eventually they were found and reassembled and brought home, where they were entrusted to a very famous and talented gem setter. Oh, very like uh, our Mr. Nervinov here. Well, oh. he promptly stole the uh, gems and made his getaway with some pirates who, with a true sense of justice, cut his throat. <laughs> oh, poor little Mr. N Nerfinov, was it? Bowles is using him as a... as like a prop. Never once were they reset in the cross. This time they will be set in the cross, and the cross returned to my homeland. Wherever that is. The one great pious act of my sinful life. Where are the gems now? They are being flown in from Amsterdam. Due to arrive in London in three hours' time. Until this moment, only I and my Dutch friends knew of this fact. Now it is up to you to make sure that the gems arrive here, safely. As if I didn't have enough else to do. That should be okay. We can hire an armoured truck and some reliable guards in that time. An armoured truck? Uh, will that not attract attention? Yes, an armoured truck will attract attention. Oh, a diversion. <laughs> Say no more. One does not hire Rubens and then lean over his shoulder to tell him how to paint. <laughs> you know that you have my complete trust. Totally. But I uh, think that I will be there myself uh, with my private detective uh, and a few others. Just, uh, Just in case we try to steal them ourselves. We are all human, Contessa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Oh, meanwhile, Paul is uh, still having fun with the bomb. Yes, Peter Bowles is looking... Uh, he looks like a a decent sort of chap, but he might have a sort of shady side to him. Got a lot of antiques about the place. 
Oh, that bomb is... Uh, yeah, Paul's been left manacled to the wall opposite the bomb, which is on a, a stack of crates, and it's perched on the very edge. If somebody came in and just happened to brush that stack of crates, um, well, could be a, could be a bit of a, a bang going on there. Meanwhile, at the airport... Here's a duplicate of the package you're going to collect. Just make sure I get the real one. Ah, oh, right. So, not Paul. The transmitter stays on two hours after we clear the airport. Is after those jewels that Peter Bowles wants to have set in the, uh, the cross. It means you take it or leave it, darling. We could have handled all this, you know, sir. Oh, who's that security man? I recognise him from somewhere. Anyway, the, uh... Which vehicle has carried the jewels, sir? Only Harry Rule knows. The handover is being made? Don't worry. He's a very clever man in his work. And the protectors, well, two protectors and one, uh, imposter, heading back to their car. Oh, no, fake Paul is, is heading back to the car. Where are the others going? He's going to use the truck after all. If we make it, I'll see you at the house. Tessa's gone in the Securicore van. And Harry... You are coming with us? No, I think I'll walk. Something tells me I'll need a little exercise. Has given them the fake. Empty. Oh, empty. I suppose that makes more sense than faking them. It's a double cross! No, it's a triple cross. Or a treble cross. Who knows what's going on at this point? But Harry is now escaping in a little van. Bowles and Sidekick are in pursuit. And this is a, a this is a rather nice uh, car chase across a real airport. Oh, that's ended now that Harry's uh, crashed through a. Oh, he's abandoned the car after driving through one small wooden gate that has all the the tensile strength of like a a, a rabbit cage. Anyway, oh dear, Paul is. Trying to coax the stack of crates towards him with his feet. Oh, his wrists are bleeding from the manacles. Going to see if he can get hold of that bomb. Oh, which is so wobbly. But he's a brave lad, is Paul. And back at Harry's pad. The radio directional equipment is in the van. All right, you can work out the frequency from the receiver. We'll exit through the back. All right. But where are they going to go? Ah... They've got, they've got a van full of equipment waiting out the back. Hours, that means we've got less than 50 minutes. Let's go. But uh, I have actually been to the, um, the flat that um, well, Harry rules Mew's apartment from, from the protectors. I've not actually been inside, but uh, what you don't realise if you, if you just watch the show is that there's basically no road. It is just... You turn in and there's the house and basically there's just enough room to turn, turn your vehicle around. There's no street there. There's no room for a back entrance. So I'm not sure where those scenes would have been filmed. Anyway, Paul and his trusty red boots have now, oh, very nearly, lowered the bomb off the stack of crates. Um, <laughs> dropped it, but it didn't go off. So now, when the explosion happens... You mean we're out of range? That's what it looks like. He'll be blown to pieces... There's the transmitter. ...from a slightly different angle. Charlie, it's a strong signal, not too far away. Pinpointed. 
Protectors in their protectors communications van, homing on uh, naughty old not Paul. And it seems to have brought them back to the farm. Unless this is a different farm. Something very odd about it. It's coming from fairly high up. Are there any tall buildings in this area? Negative. Well, there's the London car view. Oh no, we have a windmill. We're going to have a fight in a windmill. Well, that'd be a nice change. Oh, interesting camera angles there. Um, looking straight up. Oh no. Harry. He's dead. Now who will play Isaac Newton? The transmitter's still working. See if he's got the keys to the handcuffs in his pocket. But why, Harry? I don't know. I don't know, I'm thinking. Well, whatever you come up with, it won't help Paul now. How much time have we got? 25 minutes. We'll never find him in time. Oh, we get a lot of things done in 25 minutes, Caroline. You should know that by now. Why'd they drag him up to the windmill to kill him? Oh, no sound of a doggy, but no sight of a doggy. There is a, an ab arriving car, though, with, ah, one of the naughty ladies from earlier. The one who had a gun on Harry. Where's Paul Boucher? Where? There's Charlie. You want to see Charlie? Take a look. <gasps> yeah, he's dead. Charlie. Where's that farmhouse? Charlie. Where? Oh, who cares? Let's go. Oh, camera camera crew reflection in the uh, side of the van there. One thing's been bugging me. I was able to match that package at the airport. Give us an exact duplicate of the real one. I don't know that. Only Koufax could have told him. Maybe he worked for Koufax. A double cross. And if Koufax killed Charlie, a triple cross. Ah, so Peter Bowles was not as nice as he made out. Meanwhile, Paul has noticed something... Something with four legs and a tail. It's rather interested in this bomb. Allez. Allez, vous en. Filet. Uh, this is bomb disposal cat. He knows what he's doing. It's four minutes. And that involves pulling the bomb around by its wires. Viens, mon petit. Viens. Which is the best approach. Allez. Allez, vous en. Filet. Maybe the cat doesn't speak French. He's very keen to help, though. You've got to admire that. You know, in less than two minutes, Harry, that bomb is going to go off. For Paul's sake, let's hope our timing's wrong. There it is. Well, we're, it's 19 and a half minutes through the episode, so we're keeping very good time, actually. Um, coming up to the end of the story, will we save Paul? There's a scarecrow that's getting some... Uh, some close-up shots here. More unusual angles as Harry and the Contessa run out of the van. Now, how do they get into the farm? Our bomb disposal cat friend is now having a go at the sticks of dynamite. Oh, Harry's driven through the wall and scared it off. Harry, get this thing out of here. What, the cat? Oh, the bomb. Harry's very casually taking his time, lumbering out. Oh, I knew there was a reason the Scarecrow was getting close-up shots. There he is. Gone up in flames. 
Bomb disposal cat's okay though. Well, that's quite a story. One question though. He doesn't give Koufax a clear motive. Well, how do you like $3 million insurance for a clear motive? I like it very much. What do you hear about that? The customs declaration form you signed at the airport. Not the fine print. The fine print. You should always read the fine print. Okay, let's talk to Koufax. <laughs> so, back to Peter Bowles's place. Yes, I'm sure his role in this episode didn't win him uh, certain scary female fans who uh, front door. That leaves you the drink. would break into his house looking to be dominated by him. Just the protectors coming to see what's going on. Under the cover of, well, I was going to say day for night, but it's not even that, really. It's just sort of day for day. Oh, at least on location. Now we're in the studio. It's uh, supposed to be nighttime. Sneaking into his house. Lots of lovely antiques and valuables about the place. And even though we know that Harry set up the uh, alarm system here, the protectors don't seem to have had much trouble getting in. Curious. Now that piece was on sale in Roma last week. Or have they? Uh oh. Again, Mr. Rule. Well done. Stay where you are. Contessa, don't be foolish. These things are priceless. As an expert, you must appreciate that any violence in this room will do no harm whatsoever. Oh, no. There isn't a genuine piece in this room. How about this for a piece of chinoiserie? Contessa! Perhaps you prefer a fake Hellenic head. What do you say to that, sir? The value of my collection is well known. Every major item in this room has found its way into the sale rooms in the last six months. Oh. Ever since your company took a stock market meeting on the Alaskan oil concessions. He's a naughty boy. Are you suggesting that Gregor Koufax is, is broke? I'm suggesting that $3 million in insurance money might come in pretty handy just now. I want them arrested now. You saw yourself the gem stolen. True. I still recognize this henchman guy. That's pretty prompt. The contents of the upstairs safe. Oh, so he had them all along. And that's an interesting shot. Bowles picks up a an ornament, throws it at the um, throws it at his own henchman, and it smashes. It appears to smash across the guy's face, but if you watch it in slow motion, there's actually like a a pane of of protective glass between the two of them. Um, who was that guy? I'm gonna look that up before I uh, before I go mad. Or maybe no, maybe I'm already mad. I won't look at it. I want to say that it's um. Someone. Oh, who cares? Like I said, it's a protector's randomizer. Nobody's going to be listening to this. I could be recording this with no clothes on and it wouldn't matter. In fact, I am recording this with no clothes on. In fact, I am recording this from a hot air balloon. Look, I'm burning. Will you put some more of that junk on me? I mean, it's more, that's more interesting than our little end of episode comedy moment here. Harry and the Contessa are uh, sunning themselves in... You just want your back rubbed. In uh, the front room of Harry's apartment. Oh, yeah, I can feel it. About my equipment. I think your equipment is fabulous, but uh, I am familiar with it. Harry needs some uh, sunscreen put on his back. So she's written the word Scrooge across his back. And underlined it. Which, um, if nothing else, is rather a waste of, of sun cream, actually. But anyway, that was The Protectors, Triple Cross, which um, 
is a perfectly decent little episode, as as most of these, um, certainly the UK-based episodes. Del Henny, that's who it was. I was thinking Resurrection of the Daleks. He was the colonel in Resurrection of the Daleks, wasn't he? Anyway, so, um, a couple of nice guest performances there, John Neville and uh, Mr. Peter Bowles, but otherwise, um, you know, just another average episode of The Protectors, really. (laughs) 